Hi, hi, welcome, welcome. This is Metapol with me, Cactus. By the time this show gets released, it will be one day before the American election. I know that there's a significant portion of my audience that might be voting in this, although, hopefully, definitely not enough to matter. Nonetheless, I want to offer them, and the rest of my audience, a wonderful distraction by looking at some of the chaos that's going on in France. This is actually an incredibly interesting story, and while it is covered fairly thoroughly in Canada, I would say that there is a distinct lack of coverage of anything interesting internationally in all of US media. It just seems like that increasingly, the American media is more and more in a bubble in and of itself, which is incredibly problematic for the implications this may have for the leadership of those journalistic institutions, and quite frankly, for their own reliability. The involvement with the rest of the world makes it so that they have to stay at least somewhat attached to reality, and as we have talked about conspiracy theories beginning to run through several institutions themselves, this is particularly concerning in the United States. Nonetheless, let's go back and cover our main story. This week in France, there were attacks over the Charlie Hebdo cartoons and the ensuing reaction from President Emmanuel Macron. These cartoons showed images of the Prophet Muhammad, a sacred figure in Islam, which portrayals of is seen as sacrilegious. In a knife attack, the throats of two people were slit and one died from stab wounds. Earlier, there was also a beheading attack. However, I'm going to offer a disclaimer, and this is exactly the type of disclaimer I'd like to see on every single news outlet. In the most recent numbers that I could find, there were 249 deaths due to all sources of terrorism in France, not just Islamic, in 2015. This was according to the CBC. France has a population of slightly over 66 million, which means that these deaths account for 1% of 1% of 4% of the population. A little bit more than one millionth of all people in France. To provide further context, there were 581,000 deaths in all of France, which means that this is around 1 2,500th of the number of deaths. There are almost 3,500 car crashes, and more than 36,000 deaths due to coronavirus. All of this means that the story is not representative of a broad impact to the average person. Now, let's get to how the story actually significantly escalated into an international incident. Earlier, Macron had already made statements on the state of the French society and many of the principles that his government and France as a whole holds. I'll try to do a line-by-line -line translation just to make sure that you have the most accurate view of his statements. Le problème n'est pas la laïcité. The problem is not secularism. The problem c'est le séparatisme islamiste. The problem is Islamic separatism. Ce projet conscient, théorisé, politico-religieux, qui se concrétise par des écarts répétés avec les valeurs de la République, this conscious, theoretical, political, religious project that manifests itself in re repeated differences with the values of the Republic, qui se traduit souvent par la constitution d'une contre-société et dans les manifestations sont la déscolarisation des enfants, le développement des pratiques sportives, 
Cultural communitarisé qui sont le prétexte à l'enseignement de principes qui ne sont pas conformés aux lois de la République. That translates often into a counter-society, protests that uh, remove students from schools, from sports practices, from cultural communities, that are the pretext for the teaching of principles that are not conforming to the laws of the Republic. Selon doctrinement et par celui-ci, la négation de nos principes, l'égalité entre les femmes et les hommes, la dignité humaine, this is indoctrination and by it, the negation of our principles, equality between women and men, human dignity. Le problème, c'est cette idéologie qui affirme que ces lois propres sont supérieures à celles de la République. The problem is that this ideology affirms that their own laws are superior to those of the Republic. As you probably have recognized by now, this is a very politically potent statement. That is why I wanted to go line by line and make sure it is absolutely clear. There are also further details that I'm going to explain later about the cultural differences at play that are so important in order to understand the context of Macron's statements. However, before we go into that, let's complete the story. As you probably expect, there is significant backlash from Muslim leaders, the most outspoken of which is Turkey's Recep Tayyip Erdogan. The leaders of Saudi Arabia, Tunisia, Malaysia, and Iran have also denounced his comments. There have also been calls in a broader range of Muslim countries to boycott French products over Macron's comments, not only in the countries mentioned above, but also Pakistan, Bangladesh, Morocco, and other countries with a Muslim majority. By now, it's clear that the story has grown much larger than just these attacks, and instead is something with implications to broader geopolitics, France as a country, and of societal differences as a whole. The important context that is critical to understanding this situation is the distinction in religious belief between the history and culture of France and that of a country such as the United States, which would have a much different view of religion. Les Cités, or the French uh, version of secularism, is focused on functioning in society without religious influence. They see a distinct separation between practices of religion and practices of society or practices of the state, which is very different from the US. The US is generally more favorable to the view of people quote-unquote living the religion, using these beliefs to guide all of their everyday actions, which is not just limited to Muslims, but also other religions including Judaism, uh, Christianity, and many other faiths. This includes influencing social decisions, such as participation in types of schools, social groups, business choices, and choices of association. In the United States, being able to justify said choices based on your religion is seen as a fundamental right. However, France is different. It prioritizes national cohesion and a set of universal principles that are supposed to be secular in nature that have to be followed whenever engaging in French society. Essentially, it has a much different view of separation that's not limited to uh, the state declaring an official religion, which is something that's not done in either country, and goes further into having a set of behaviors that is what should be standard when you're out interacting with the public. Hopefully I've done a good job of explaining these differences, 
And there's only a limited amount of time in this program, so there's no possible way for me to do a broad, overarching, cultural and historical analysis of this principle. However, if there are questions or inaccuracies, then please reach out and contact me. However, this is still a fundamental idea to keep in mind when distinguishing the actions and statements of Macron from what you would expect from, say, an American president. France is a country that very strongly values some sort of internal firmware, something that gives credence to French society as a whole and some shared beliefs that go beyond any possible differences between its citizens. Clearly, in Macron's view, this is something that should extend even deeper than religion. Of course, this does not mean that he will take any actions to make certain beliefs illegal, as that is also not the principles of any Western nation. Instead, essentially, this philosophy sees French society, particularly interactions between the French people in general, as following that set of rules and that set of procedures when engaging in things like education, government, group events, etc., which Macron also mentioned himself. Without the proper context, it's incredibly easy for an American to view this as being incredibly anti-religious. However, in the same manner, it would be incredibly easy for some French individuals to view the American system of government, and particularly the system of campaigning, to be horribly theocratic. Ultimately, when analyzing the situation that many countries in the West, including France, including the US, and including Canada where you have some in-between and some compromise between, between French cultural origins in Quebec and British cultural origins in other areas, as well as with the other facets of immigration and the development of Canada, ultimately, when looking at these societal differences and the systems of government that have been functional in the past, and in the case of France and many other Western countries, still continue to persist at a fairly stable level, it's clear that regardless of certain divisions that may seem fundamental, that may seem like a life or death decision, that societies can continue to function as long as there is a tolerance, as long as there is a tolerance and a willingness to live without resorting to acts of violence. Ultimately, there has to be humility in negotiating situations of shared culture and shared ideas. There is only so much that needs to be a consensus among the general public. And as shown by various examples of differing cultural traditions across the world, in relatively strong democracies, in countries that end up functioning well, both economically, societally, and politically, there can be a broad range of assumptions that can be accepted. This means that, regardless of cultural beliefs, there should be a humility held that stops people from wanting to force these beliefs upon other people, and otherwise seeing it as some deadly sin to do otherwise. Now, the fundamental thing that these stories tell us, that these differing cultural origins and functions of society tell us is that regardless of what life and death cultural belief you may hold, it is likely an over-dramatization as 
no matter which way those beliefs hold. What is important is the actions of a society. The actions of a society that does not devolve into chaos, that does not become an antithesis to itself, and that is ultimately rooted in cooperation and in understanding. As long as those actions fulfill a role that creates a positive outcome in general, there does not need to be the level of moral panic in countries such as the United States because of various cultural historical things that have been over-dramatized, that have been exploited by political actors in order to distract from government actions, to distract from things like coronavirus response, and in the past, things like economics, things like healthcare, other policies and services that will actually affect people, as opposed to these cultural beliefs that ultimately are arbitrary and take a back seat to what actually changes the lives that people experience. This isn't to say that mental health isn't a problem. It absolutely is. And if someone is seriously disturbed in their personal lives due to the philosophical beliefs of another person, then I absolutely recommend that such a person seek help. I don't think there is anything problematic with that, with seeking help I mean, with looking to develop further resistances and further function in order to work in a society where people do have differences. In fact, circling back to where we started this, this does have important implications for the United States. It does have important implications for the function of their society, as there seem to be now a US-France situation a fundamental emotional, psychological, and cultural difference between people in the very same country that some claim may even result in political violence. However, one only needs to think one step ahead to note that whoever engages in such political violence is not only dooming the other side, but is also dooming themselves and their entire society as a whole. We understand from the past actions and even in contemporary actions in destabilized regions around the world, that when you take such a bargain, when one lets these philosophies that ultimately do not impact the ability of people to function become something bigger than they actually are, become a distraction to the actual problems that people face, and become the impetus for violence and other attacks on people, then both parties end up in a situation that is much worse than if either had just kept their principles to themselves instead of engaging in such behavior. Regardless of those principles that differ, almost everyone in the United States wants safety for themselves, for their families, and even just for strangers. This is a good thing and a thing that is shared by almost everyone across the world. Ultimately, the thing to remember is that those fundamental needs those basic assumptions that everyone has that are shared are not a guarantee. One only needs to look to South America, to the Middle East, to conflict zones in Africa, where there are very real circumstances of scarcity, of dictatorship, of political violence, of war, that while are avoidable, particularly in the United States, are not impossible, even in those developed nations. So, if you're American and you're going out to vote, keep that in mind. 
if you know someone who faces such problems with, with letting things that are not actually going to affect them leave a psychological scar, please encourage them to seek help. And please, to all of you, just as a nation, there are many things that you can move past, and moving past them can result in solving many real problems that are agreed upon by a vast majority of people, and that can make tangible differences right away, no matter what priorities you hold. And part of how to move past that, part of how to re-establish some of these priorities, is once again to help inform more people, to share this podcast, and let people know that there is a better future waiting for them. Help people gain a better understanding of the systems of government that ultimately influence them, by the processes that result in societies that we see today, and in what actions can be taken. There is a wide space of probability of what can be done. That's the first step, and it's incredibly easy for all of you. If I can just help one person overcome these fundamental struggles in the United States, it'll honestly be worth it. And if you can do that as well, by sharing it to someone in need, or by just putting it out there for such a person to find themselves, then I thank you. Thank you for sharing, thank you for helping out, thank you for everything that you do in your daily lives, and thank you for listening.